I kind of had this epiphany that everything I cooked at home and everything I ate at restaurants that I believed in was always locally sourced or drew inspiration from edible gardens and I wasn't doing that in my business. So it kind of was this light bulb moment and I stopped using Hold your breath, make a wish, count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. Welcome to Two Coffees and a Creative. I'm your host, Matt David. This month, I sat down with Melbourne's own master of sweet treats, Hayley McKee of Sticky Fingers Bakery. I discover her journey from storeboard ingredients to embracing Mother Nature's gifts to becoming a published author and Australia's top cake creator. I really hope you enjoy episode nine of Two Coffees and a Creative. Righto, welcome to the next episode. Um, I'm made it trekked all this way down south side to uh, to Johnny's um, Johnny's Coffee Roasters. Is that it? Yep, Johnny's Bodega, I think. Yep. Johnny's Bodega, yep. Yep. Um, down here in, in Ormond Road in Elwood, um, and I've been joined by cookbook author and baker of Sticky Fingers Bakery, Hayley McKee. How are you going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Struggling a little bit today, but yeah, not too bad. Um, thanks so much for joining me today. Nice. Thank you for asking. It's good. What's, um, tell us about, first about your, your cafe. Um, this is my local. So I used to live north side for years and years, and now we live in Elwood for the leafiness and um, access to the beach, which is really nice. Yep. And my husband knows Steve through DJing and, and work. So it was just a really nice surprise to find his place, and I reckon it's just the best coffee in this side of the river, definitely. Yep, yep. It's great. So you've spent some time in north side then? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in Melbourne for 10 years, so okay. most of the time is north side. Where did you come from? Perth. Perth. WA, yeah. yeah. And before that, England, but most of my time in WA. Yeah. And you've, you're, uh, tell us about just, I guess, discovering your creativity and, and how it was nurtured early on. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, was baked, was cooking was always something that you wanted to do? Or? Yeah, cooking was always around, but it, I guess it really, um, my interest and pursuit of it came pretty late in life, not until I was kind of mid to late 20s, I kind of switched on to baking. Um, but creativity was always massively important in my house, but mainly through music and um, storytelling and just being adventurers, I guess. I've yep. got an Irish background, so very loud and yep. performer, performing. Yep. Um, and yeah, my mum is an excellent cook and it was just a really sociable household and that was kind of how we expressed creativity. Yeah. And you were in a band as well too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell us a bit about that. I just played that. my first gig in five years on the weekend. Oh, cool. It's still, still going. Little, yeah. A little bit husky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started the band when I moved to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, completely self-taught, like my baking, like just 
picked it up and tried it and kind of gained inspiration from people that um, weren't classically trained. I think that's where I kind of draw my main source of info from. I kind of, yeah, I turn onto that rather than people that have gone through the classical route. It just kind of inspires me a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And what, what instrument do you play? Um, a bit of everything. Sing, play guitar, play drums. It's just a two-piece called Super Wild Horses. We don't really play anymore, but um, we just play with Paul Kelly on the weekend as a little kind of surprise gig. Ah, just, just for Paul Kelly? Yeah, yeah, it was a great one. <laughs> really cool. Well, why not? Great. Um, now, tell us a bit about um, your philosophy with native Australian bush ingredients, and particularly yeah. as veg- vegetables as well, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, in, in yeah. You. How, do you, how did you get onto that? Um, well, when I started baking, I jumped on the cupcake craze, and I was actually on tour in America with my band, and started seeing all these rock and roll cupcakes and really brightly coloured, booze-soaked cakes, and I brought that back to Melbourne. But the more I did that sort of baking, it, it wasn't really very satisfying. It was kind of cool to invent interesting flavours, but for me, I really like that savoury-sweet balance. And I kind of had this epiphany that everything I cooked at home and everything I ate at restaurants that I believed in was always locally sourced or drew inspiration from edible gardens, and I wasn't doing that in my business. So it kind of was this light bulb moment, and I stopped using supermarket ingredients and fake colouring, and I started turning towards vegetables, herbs, edible flowers, and indigenous plants, because I just feel like they give such a unique flavour, especially to baked goods, rather than always leaning on um, fruit, chocolate, and alcohol for flavouring. Yeah, it's just opened up a whole new pantry for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... I guess it's wedding wedding cakes too. I mean, how did you go about? Um, yeah. what, what sort of got you, you? You were voted by Good Food as number one wedding cake designer. Um, yeah. That must have been a pretty big big turning that was point awesome. for you. Yeah, that was massive. That kind of you have like lots of different milestones in your career, and that one was pretty big. I just had a baby, and I got a text message saying from the age Good Food saying that we'd like to run one of your photos from Instagram on the cover of the page. Can you send it to us by 6pm tonight? Wow. So I just had to kind of just jump on Photoshop and make it happen. Yeah. And I actually didn't think they were going to run it because it was just an iPhone photo. It wasn't even high resolution. But they yep. ran it. They ranked me as number one. And from that, it really launched me into being able to pitch my cookbook idea, which was about um, yeah, using garden ingredients and baking so that was a really awesome leverage point for me yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah wedding cakes just evolved naturally I, I definitely didn't start out wanting to do wedding cakes right. but um, the more I baked the more I had more requests for bigger and bigger cakes and now they're massive three tier cakes and it's like the bulk of my business now yeah 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 how long does it take to do a, a wedding cake um, it'll take me a full day, definitely, because yeah. I do all the flowers and go to the market, source the ingredients, everything's fresh that day. And with, you know, with cakes, you have to make it the day before. It's not something that you can easily prep, yeah. so everything's just crammed into that yeah. eight-hour session. Yeah. What are some of the uh, more wild um, requests you've had or cakes, cake flavours? Um, Someone told me, like, whenever I talk to my couples, I ask them, what are your favourite ingredients, regardless of, like, don't even think about cakes, like, what is your favourite food? And from that, they might tell me that they've got, like, 
a green curry that they love. Or um, one woman said that she and her partner are just obsessed with maple bacon. So I did like a bacon peanut butter popcorn cake. And yep. like smoked the bacon and drenched it in the maple syrup wow. and wove it together. <laughs> and then did kind of like these uh, yeah, panels on the cake. Yeah. So it's kind of open to any interpretation. That kind of make, keeps it interesting for me rather than having like a standard menu that yeah. people just pick from. Yeah. Um, I want to know about your pop-ups as well. You, um, as a, I guess as a, a cake designer, it sort of seems to be the next logical step would be to, to, to have your own little, you know, um, bakery somewhere, some people, a shop where some yeah, people can yeah. walk into, but you've sort of gone down the pop-ups route. Or what, yeah. what, what, what attracts you to, to, to doing it? Why, why do you think you'd rather do pop-ups than open it? Um, I think I like doing things, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm attracted to doing things the unconventional way rather than going down the traditional path. Yeah. I would love to have a bakery, like I'd probably daydream about it every week. Yeah. But um, time-wise and resource-wise, I just can't seem to get it together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a young family. I'm the only employee. It's just me doing everything in the business. So it's really time-heavy. Um, and pop-up-wise, it's just so fun. Like, I can kind of pick and choose the venues. I've done it in a record store. I've taken over a live music venue and done it. Yeah. Or you can eat tropical dessert buffet yeah. like those sort of ticketed events I think kind of stick out a little bit more as well like it's so hard to just get lost in the noise yeah. um, but these little bursts of pop-up events I think make it really special keeps it kind of relevant doesn't it yeah and it keeps it fresh for me yeah. as well yeah you see you work with different people and different audiences and yeah, stuff yeah different kitchens like pairing up with different coffee makers or savoury providers wine providers it's really yeah, I really enjoy that collaboration as well. What do you think, what are some of the challenges that you've had to expressing your creativity? Um, I think because I'm completely self-taught, sometimes things probably take longer than they should need to. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of prefer it that way. Yeah. Do it yourself attitude towards things is my preferred way of doing things but yeah that can that can definitely cause friction sometimes yeah I'm trying to teach myself it just takes a longer time yeah yeah that makes sense yeah and I guess um, having a family as well too can be can be tough yeah for, yeah for you know how does that has that affected your um, your sort of pursuit of your career at first um my son was born it was kind of easy I used to just strap him into my little bottle and do all the cake making yeah. um, but as he's got older he's two and a half now he's very active yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just a real real time management yeah. project yeah. and my partner is very creative runs his own studio so it's um, a lot of tag teaming but it's good yeah. it's, it's perfect and they come first now yeah. so that's changed yeah, yeah. um what do you think has been your, um, some of your greatest achievements? Uh, definitely the book last year. Yeah. That was probably a dream come true. I think like writing has always been um, my main creative outlet. And you know, when I was a teenager, it was getting into music and lyrics and 
novelists and trying to be a creative writer and I have stacks of journals filled with awful teenage poetry. <laughs> so, yeah, writing's always been my creative outlet, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to be able to write a cookbook and express what I want to say about baking and keeping it humble and keeping it real and not being scared to bake was just perfect. Yeah. It was, yeah, definitely the major highlight. Yeah. For, for uh, those young budding bakers out there, how do you, how would they go about getting a, getting a cookbook? Or what's what's what's? I guess there's probably a, a, something that everyone dreams of. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think helps to get that? Um, I think having your own trademark style, which is really hard now. Like there's so many talented people out there. Yeah. Um, but just being really true to yourself and I know this sounds so cliche but it's true like if you are yourself and you represent yourself properly then um, you'll eventually cut through sorry I can see we're you waving your coffee we, yeah <laughs> um, what's his name again? sorry Steve 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 we're ready when you are mate thanks checking a record in how you going good good can I get a skinny flat white? Skinny flat white, yes. Uh, just a long black. Thanks. Thanks. Skinny flat white, your your regular coffee choice? Yeah, I'm not, I don't have a dedicated order. I like long blacks. I like yep. cold coffee. I just, I just need it strong. Yeah. I just really need it strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is coffee a big part of your life? Yeah. yeah. I have to have one or two a day, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't found the right at-home coffee machine yet. I've tried yeah. everything. I think I like just drip coffee though. Yeah. Like little filter coffee machine. Yeah. 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 Is it better than Perth? Um. Oh, I think so. I, I'm very disconnected from the Perth scene though. I don't yeah. really know. Because it was it would have changed. Where to go, what to do? Yeah, yeah massive. massively. Yeah. Um, but I think I think they're good. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure. I don't even know if there's any like WA. Roasters, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I'm not the person to ask. Yeah, they probably do keep keeping it all to themselves. Yeah. Um. So, probably, probably you mentioned it, but a pivotal moment in your business, like, or was there like a, a real kind of, um, was there a, like a sort of a bottoming out moment at all for you? Like, did you ever sort of hit to a point where you were just like, you know, I, I don't want to, I can't do this anymore, or? Um, yeah, I think um, a real big lesson was to stick to your audience and not try, for me anyway, it was not trying to um, grab everyone's attention. And the thing that really pushed me <laughs> was doing a little um, scoop-up, what are they called, Groupon? Yeah. I did one of them. Yeah. Worst mistake in my life. Thank you. I thought it'd be great because I was like, I'm going to just reach so many more people and it's a great deal, the exposure will be amazing, but I didn't anticipate the orders and I didn't anticipate that the um, customer base was not my people. Right. My customers come to me because they want something different yeah. and they don't want anything super sickly and sweet. Um, yeah. yeah, and I just didn't hit the right market then and it was it just bummed me out. Yeah. But no, I would never stop yeah. doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Who are the some of who are some of the creative role models in your life? 
um, music or, or, or baking or whatever. Um, <clears throat> there's so many. Um, Food-wise, I really like a lot of the Californian pastry chefs at the moment. Um, I think because they lean on the seasonality and they're just very creative in, in the ingredients they use. They'll lean on savoury things like miso and tahini caramel. Thank you. No, thanks. Um, I really like Brooks Headley, who's a self-taught pastry chef. He used to be a punk drummer as well, so really just really admire his career. Yeah, right. He's got a great cookbook out that I'm loving at the moment. Yep. Um, it's a couple of years old actually, but really digging that. And I like a lot of cookbook authors that tip baking on its head. Nikki Segnet does some books called Lateral Cooking and the Flavor Thesaurus. And she just looks at flavors and how to deconstruct recipes in a, just an amazing way. Like, what a brain. So I find them very inspiring but I also get inspiration from yeah my local musicians and creatives I come lucky to be surrounded by a lot of really um, imaginative people yeah. that actually go out and do it yeah. yeah that's great that's great well we'll put details up about those those yeah, your yeah. your influences up on our social media um, also Speaking of social media, moving on to some more broader social comment. I, from, it seems like social media, Instagram in particular, has been quite quite pivotal for you. Um, what have been your sort of, um, sort of ups and downs of social media life? Um, I think I've never enjoyed Facebook at all. And I only just recently joined Facebook again after 10 years of being off of it, just so that there was some kind of business present bubbling away. Um, Instagram I loved, and I actually got Sticky Fingers Bakery as a handle because I was very early on to jump onto it. Um, But I struggle with it big time. Like, I'm not very comfortable being um, a brand based on my face and me. I would like my cakes and my menu to be the main yeah. focus. So I think I probably shut down a lot of opportunities by default because I don't want to be a, a lifestyle personality, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Okay. Um, Why do you think that is? I just think I'm pretty private. Yeah. I always have been yeah. a little bit shy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Very softly spoken. Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of doesn't feel right to me but I, I see that there's so much opportunity to push the business doing that so that's a real struggle for me yeah. with social media it's a bit of a trade off isn't it yeah yeah but I, I do I do know that it's a massive source of um, orders come directly from Instagram yeah. I'll post a photo and I'll get orders for that cake that day yeah. even though every cake is one of a kind so you know they want that cake yeah um, and it's really helped connect to other businesses and yeah. I love how easy it is to just reach out to you for me, you know, my baking heroes and go, oh, that was an amazing dessert you just set up and they yeah. and send them a cookbook and we get a conversation going. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. Collaborations but, and stuff, have you, yeah. have you done any of those that you're proud of? Um, or that you any dream collaborations? Oh, JK Rowling ordered a cake this year, yeah, right. which was pretty cool. Yeah. 
um, and they, through the power of social media, did an amazing video of my cake. Yeah. It kind of went a bit crazy, so that was... Was it like a Harry awesome. Potter kind of thing? Or was it, it was a... to launch, it was her gift to the cast okay. of the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Right. I've never read a Harry Potter book, yeah. but um, yeah. so I'm a bit out of the loop, but yeah. that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And yeah, but I think I know how to ask for, when I collaborate with people, I know how to ask for something that will be valuable on social media now. That's a learning curve as well. Sometimes when you start off, you do so much for free for the chance of a mention. Yeah. But, um, you know, as the years go on, you now get to be able to, you can understand the ones that are actually going to be valuable and yeah. ask for the right, um, you know, where to direct them to and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I, f- I feel uh, honoured that you've chosen this podcast. Oh, great. <laughs> it's very early stages. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, you, sit, you get to sit in a in your favourite cafe and have a coffee. Mm. It's not too bad. <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge facing our next generation of, of creatives? I think cutting through. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I feel like in the last year or two, it's been so hard to keep on top. There's so many um, cake lookalikes at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I'm just constantly trying to think of new ways to just stay on top or stay top of mind for people. And I'm not sure how the next wave is going to do that. Yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah. I know that there'll be something new and, you know, maybe it's the more video content or yeah. I don't know but, but I'm also interested that um, I feel like a lot of people are redirecting themselves to more face to face networking and just recently I've seen like a friend of mine runs a series called Real Life and it's exactly that it's getting creative people in a room together listening to a speaker there's some people I think it's called 43 Derby Street they run little sessions ladies of leisure have now got a physical space even in Pavilion, like I love that um, people seem to be wanting to gather mm. again. Yeah. And that's exciting. So yeah. maybe that is the next opportunity for young creatives actually yeah. doing something like physical again with their hands. Like we've kind of accidentally slipped into purely digital mode. Yeah. And no one really gets to taste or yeah. touch what people are doing now. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. yeah I hope so. I hope so. Mm. It sort of comes in waves, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. You know, so. Yeah, this week I'm on a bummer social media note. Yeah. But if you ask me next week, I'm probably yeah. going to be <laughs> even more fired up. Um, how's money affected your your life, your business, and your career? You know, does it does it buy happiness? Do you think? I think it buys peace of mind. Yeah. I'm kind of glad you asked about money. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about money, and it's something that I always want to know. Like I want to, I always want to ask people, how did you start that? Like, how did you get the keys to that place? Or yeah. like, where did that investment come from? Just out of curiosity, like I would really like to know. And I did a talk at um, Creative Mornings yep. the, at the end of last year, yep. and I spoke about it then because I wanted everyone there to know that sometimes your bank account goes to zero like you put on a massive event goes to zero or like we're close to and you're just hoping that the ticket sales are coming in that people are going to actually understand the idea that you've been wanting to put forward and book the tickets and turn up yeah. so um, yeah I think money's or 
always going to be nerve-wracking. <laughs> well, a lot of artists don't really know how to value their work, do they? Yeah, that's so true. Like, how do you price what you do? Yeah. I mean, for me, I can kind of do it a little bit more systematically because I know how much the ingredients are costing me yeah. and I can yeah. kind of figure out my hourly rate yeah. that I can come up with and you kind of benchmark against the competition and what other people are doing. Yeah. Did you have a hard really time hard. trying to sort of value your time? Yeah. I think you kind of... I would always forget to pay myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'd pay myself for my um, materials, but not my labour. And still, even now, sometimes I stuff up yeah. and realise that something has taken way longer. Yeah. But then it kind of feels like fun to me sometimes, so I don't really... Yeah. Yeah. expect to get paid yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah. Which is silly, like, this is what you do yeah. yeah do you have any sort of religion or spirituality in your uh, in your practice mm, not religion no um, I maybe would count the outdoors as my kind of yeah it's nice spirituality and mother nature I think that's why I've always loved making music and making cakes is because it's really um, instinctual we've, all, we've always cooked we've always listened to music yeah. so I'm sure that comes from somewhere and I, I do feel myself slowing down slowing down um, when I play drums or when yeah. I'm planting things in my garden yeah. knowing that in eight weeks time I can use them in these cookies that I've got an idea to do yeah. so I find that that's definitely my that is my calming time I did work in content writing and marketing and that's what I was professionally trained in and um, I needed to tap out of that and so yeah, music and baking is my tapping out, and now I'm, I'm lucky that I've made that into what I do day to day. Yeah, bushwalks. I love bushwalks. Oh, where's, where's your favourite favourite um, nature I'm retreat? Rock Mount Macedon. Yeah. We take a road trip every weekend. Yeah. So my my husband's a designer, um, and as soon as yeah the weekend comes around, we're just in the car driving. We yeah. went up to Fairy Park, which sounds that probably sounds really boring. But it was um, this 1957 theme park. It oh, I've been there. Yeah, I went there as a kid. Yeah, in Anarchy. Yeah, it's sort of Geelong way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, just every weekend we kind of pick somewhere yeah. and Still get going. out, turn the phone off. Um, and my kid loves it too. He's, yeah. he's a real little bush babe. Yeah. Kyneton. I've done a few podcasts oh, up in Kyneton, and uh, that seems to be yeah. I like Kyneton. Yeah, yeah. I really like Kyneton. Had a really big fair there on the weekend. Um, Lost Trades Fair, which gets ah. quite a few people up too. Yeah, okay. yeah. Animus Good. Distillery, another podcast, one of my other episodes, uh, is up there. Ah, Gin Distillery, and they're really cool. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll shout out to those boys. Great. Um, all right, let's let's move into something a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. What do you think you could tell? What, what would you tell your teenage self if you could go back in time? I like this question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. Wow, there's so much to say. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind was to tone down the goth outfits. <laughs> it doesn't work in WA heat. Um, just impractical. Yeah, yeah, just stop it. Yeah. I think you'd be really excited. I'd just go, this is going to be good. And if I had to give any advice, I'd just be like, try and hold on to your naivety. 
and your instincts because I think when you don't know what you're jumping into you tend to jump faster into something yeah. which is the best thing to do to just do it yeah um, but even now probably every week I should say to myself don't sweat the small stuff yeah. don't worry about the little details like overall everything's working yeah. don't focus on the little bits yeah. so if I could learn that 20 years ago that would help yeah. Big time. Yeah. Nice. You're a goth, huh? Oh my god. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll put that in the that's going in the intro. Oh my god. <laughs> um, oh my god. All right. Uh, if you could pick another career, what do you think it what, what would it be? Um I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. Other than this, I don't think. Maybe be a rock star? No, no. it is that kind of privacy issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like being a quiet rock star. Yeah. Uh, what would I like to do? Maybe something with plants more. Yeah. It would be good to kind of understand that a little bit better. Yeah. But no, I'm really happy. I do what I'm doing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite piece of art that you've experienced around the world? Mm. Oh my goodness, I don't know. Um, I like a lot of art. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, I really love the Tate Modern in London. That's always like my first yeah. go-to when I go back home to yeah. see family. Um, I love local galleries. I love Moon or Up the Road, the Monash Gallery and Heidi. Yeah. I, I know, I There's not much I don't like. Yeah. 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 In, in terms of art, I can't think of anything that makes me roll my eyes or anything. Yeah. Um, and I really like local art. It's with a lot of friends that make really beautiful art that always astounds me you know, when you kind of just catch up with people and you, you see them on a certain level and then they pull out a giant canvas and you go, oh my god, yeah. how did you do that? Yeah, so you spoil, spoil it with art. As a... Yeah, I enjoy it. I can't think of anything yeah. bad, no. Yeah, okay. Um, well, this is a music question then. Your fave, your fave song or band of all time or, or gig? Mm, um, far too many. I really like old soul music from the record label, Norton Records, and yeah. um, oh, another one that I can't remember. But I really like reissues of old stuff. I like girl groups yeah. in the 60s and 50s. Um, new stuff, I love the OCs. I'm um, very excited. I like yeah. fast, loud music. Yeah. Um, Favourite gigs we played. We played the big day out. We played some great gigs yeah, in America. Right. Yeah. Little record stores, my yeah. favourite kind of. When there's no stage, you just got the drum kit up near the, the register. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite colour and why? Fucking <laughs> what, What's your yeah, favourite? So. What's your favourite colour this week? Is, it, is there a like, colour you? Uh, You're working with? No, I've got lots of chocolate cakes this week, but lots of um, like tart hibiscus and sour cherries. So that kind of, and that's actually come up a lot. A lot of people are um, ordering kind of magnolia leaves on their cakes and burnt oranges and reds. So that's kind of the colours I'm surrounded with at the moment. Lots yeah. of chocolate and orange. Yeah. What's what's a What's a one cooking tip 
that you can share share with us? What's a little secret that you can um, share with the audience? Um, Baking-wise, that everything needs to be at room temperature before you start. If your eggs are cold, even if your flour is cold, it just seizes up the batter. Um, so just get everything out a good hour before you go. The milk, everything. Get an ambient, get, your, get a little oven thermometer so that you know that you're hitting the right temperature mark. And when you start making the cake, the first process is to cream butter and sugar. You just beat the hell out of it. <laughs> just that's your, You don't want to overbeat once the flour's in because that makes it a real tight, glutinous batter. Yep. But you can just go nuts at the early stages. So just get the air into there for a real flavor yeah. Like a good six or eight minutes. Yeah. It's in my book. There you go. <laughs> And uh, we will put up details about that book as well too, which is called Sticky Fingers, Green Thumb. Great name. Thanks. <laughs> um, Hayley McKee, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. That was and, fun. And uh, all the best with everything. And, yeah, keep in touch. <laughs> Great. Cool. Cheers. That was this month's chat with Hayley McKee of Sticky Fingers Bakery. Thanks to Johnny's Bodega in Elwood for providing the caffeine and the atmosphere. All the images and links from this episode can be found on our Instagram at Two Coffees and a Creative. And if you enjoyed this, more episodes can be found on SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd also love to hear from you if you know a creative that I should interview. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Matt David, and this has been two coffees and a creative.